Romans chapter 1. Um, today, I wanted to share, I wanted to kind of build off of what we talked about last week. Last week, uh, I shared how Jesus talked about he is the foundation of the church. The person of Jesus is the foundation of this church. And today, I wanted to share more in depth uh, about just another one of our core values and what we're about as a church. And really what that is, is the gospel. Uh, we want to be a gospel-centered church, a people who is living in and a part of actively what God is doing through the gospel. So um, the teaching today is from Romans chapter 1, primarily out of verse 16. So if you look down there, uh, we'll just dig into this one verse this morning. Paul the Apostle writes, For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jews first and also to the Greek. So this word gospel, which if you've been around church, you hear it all the time. Um, the word gospel in the original language is euangelion. Uh, it's a Greek word. And what it means is to tell or to proclaim good news. So that's really the root and the heart of what the word gospel means, to tell or proclaim good news. And this word didn't come from biblical writers. It was actually in uh, a secular Greek term, and it was a common greeting that time in that culture. So how you would say hello to somebody is you would say euangelion, which basically is like, do you have any good news? Tell me any good news. And we kind of do that today, like with greetings. Some people say like, what's good, right? That's kind of similar. But then some people just go way off the map. Like for some of you older people, this may be new. But if you want to like shock some millennials as like a common greeting, you can just say asadad and they'll be like, what? Like, that's great. So, like, that's a common greeting today. Some people, I don't know how we threw dog in the mix. Like, what's up, dog? Like, when did that become cool to call a human a dog? I don't know. But, like, that, that's kind of where we're at now. Like, what's good? What's up, dog? What's up, bro? Or assaulted. So, I'm just saying, older people, throw that out there to your kids. You're going to blow their minds. It's going to be awesome. So, again, this, this word, uh, gospel, euangelion, this, this was a common greeting. That's what you would say. It means, do you have any good news? It was, tell me good news. And this is the way in this culture that good news used to spread. It was spread through a proclamation, through the word of mouth. Again, even in the secular culture, they didn't have TV back then. They didn't have radio. They didn't have Instagram and Facebook and social media. So the way news spread was through a proclamation. So if your army had just won a battle in a different country, someone comes back and euangelion, they, they proclaim the good news. They tell you what happened. If you just had a baby, you don't see it on someone's Instagram like, oh, they had a baby. No, they have to come and tell you like, yo, we had a baby, right? So it was word of mouth that that's how good news spread at that time. And so the writers of the New Testament, they adopted this term to proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ. So again, it was a prevalent word in that culture. Everybody used it. And Paul the Apostle takes that in and says, man, I want to use that euangelion, proclaiming good news. I want to share the good news about Jesus. And so at the heart of this word gospel, what it is, what it means at the core is to proclaim or to share good news. Now, if you were to ask the average person today, like just, just go out into the streets uh, and just ask a random person, what do you think is the essence of Christianity or what's the Bible about? Like if you were to take a poll of what the average person thinks Christianity is or believes about Christianity or the Bible, I would guess that most people would say something similar to this. Um, it's about following Jesus, or it's about trying to live by the golden rule, um, doing to 
others as you would have them do unto you. It's about loving your neighbor as yourself. I would say that's probably how most people would sum up what they think the Bible or Christianity is about. It's about loving people. It's about you following Jesus. It's about obeying the golden rule. And I'm all in for doing that. That's all really good stuff. But that's not the heart of Christianity and the heart of the Bible. The heart of the Bible in Christianity is the gospel, which is essentially a proclamation of good news. So me trying to obey the golden rule or me loving people or me following Jesus, that's about me doing something. It's not a proclamation of something that's already happened. The gospel, which is the heart of Christianity, it's a declaration of something that already has been done. It's, it's news. It's not, here's what you need to do. It's, here's what's already been done. That's what the gospel is. It's proclaiming good news. And so this is essentially what it means to be a Christian, a disciple of Jesus. It's to believe the good news. It's to believe in your heart what the good news is. Now, this is a whole other question. Like, what is that? Like, what is the good news? What is the gospel that, that that's what it's about at, at the core, believing the good news of what the gospel is? And a lot of people um, overcomplicate the gospel. And, and Paul the Apostle simplified it to the core. If we were to say, what is the gospel? How do you proclaim the gospel? Sharing the good news of somebody. Like a lot of people, if I asked you, man, go out and share the gospel with someone, a lot of people wouldn't even know how to do that. They wouldn't know how to start, but Paul the Apostle simplifies and shows us the core elements of what the gospel is, what the good news is that we've been called to proclaim, and he shares that in 1 Corinthians 15. So I want you to flip over there real quickly. 1 Corinthians 15, it's probably just a few pages over in your Bible. It's after the book of Romans. 1 Corinthians 15, this is the most simplified version and definition of what the gospel is, the good news of Jesus. And so these verses are definitely worth memorizing. So then someone asks me, man, what is the gospel? Like, this is it. This is what it's about. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, Paul writes, starting in verse 1, he says, Now I would remind you, brothers, of the gospel I preached to you, which you received, in which you stand, and by which you are being saved, if you hold fast to the word I preached to you, unless you believed in vain. So here it is. This is the gospel. The good news, verse 3, for I delivered to you as of first importance that which I also received, here it is, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scriptures, that he was buried, that he raised on the third day in accordance with the scriptures. That is the gospel which Paul was proclaiming. So here it is, the good news that is to be proclaimed, the gospel, here it is that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scriptures, that he was buried, and that three days later he rose from the dead. That is the gospel. That is news. That is something that already has been done. It's not anything that we do. It's news of what Jesus did. So that is the core of the gospel. If someone was to say, man, what, what is the gospel? Share that with me. It's Jesus died for your sins. Jesus was buried and Jesus rose from the dead three days later. That is the core of the gospel. And that is essentially the only good news. Like that, that's the best good news that man could receive. I love what A.B. Simpson said about this. He said, the gospel tells rebellious men that God is reconciler, that justice is satisfied, that sin has been atoned for, that judgment of the guilty may be revoked, that condemnation of the sinner is canceled, the curse of the law blotted out, 
the gates of hell closed, the portals of heaven opened wide, the power of sin subdued, the guilty conscience healed, the broken heart comforted, and the sorrow and misery of the fall undone. That's good news, right? Like that Jesus died for our sins, and he conquered the grave, he rose three days later. Like, that's it. That's what the gospel is. That's what we are to proclaim. That's the heart and the core of the Bible. That's the storyline of the Bible. Everything leads up to the gospel in the Old Testament, and everything in the New Testament flows from the gospel. And so that, that's what we're about. Paul said, that's what I'm going to proclaim. I'm not ashamed to proclaim that. And every week, that's, that's what we're going to do. We're, we're going to be a church that comes and proclaims the gospels because we believe it is the good news. Now, notice there's a huge difference between good news, something that already has been done, the good news of what Jesus did. There's a huge difference between good news and good advice. The gospel is good news. The gospel is not good advice. That is the difference. This is the difference between Christianity and every other single religion in the world. Christianity, the gospel, is good news about what Jesus did. Religion is good advice about what you need to do. And again, when you ask some people, what do you think Christianity is about? Some say, you know, obey the golden rule, love people. Like, that's not it. It's not about what you do. It's good news about what Jesus did. Religion is good advice about what you should do. It's good things about what you should try in order to get closer to God. I love what E. Stanley Jones said. He said, religions are man's search for God. The gospel is God's search for man. There are many religions, but one gospel. Isn't that good? Like, that's what religion is. It's you trying to get to God, you trying to find God. It's about you and, and, and what you're trying to do. The gospel has, has nothing to do with what you did. It's, again, a proclamation of good news. It's something that's already happened. What happened was Jesus died for your sins. He conquered death. That's the core. That's what we're about. So, again, I want you guys to see here the difference. The gospel is not good advice about what we must do. It's good news about what Jesus already has done. And that's huge because, you know, people say, people wrestle with, man, Christianity is just another one of the religions. How do I know it's the right one out of the thousands? That's the one thing that separates the gospel from everything else. Religion is do. The gospel is good news. It's already done. Jesus did it. Jesus died for us. Jesus conquered the grave. Jesus gives us new life. It's done, which is amazing. And so uh, I want you guys to, for just a second, personally, to just reflect on that. I don't know where you personally are at in your relationship with God. I don't know where you're at in your journey of religion and, and trying to find God. And I don't know where you're at on how, how you think uh, the world works and philosophy and, and what your life's about. But I just want you to ask yourself that question, man, is it mainly about you and, and what you feel like you have to do to earn favor with God or to get closer to God? Or is it, man, I'm just, I'm really believing just in the good news that it's something that's already done. Because even a lot of Christians can get sucked into this idea that you have to do the right things and, and be this perfect person in order to earn favor with God. When in reality, the righteousness of Christ is imparted to us because of what he's done. 
He who became, he who knew no sin became sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God in him, which is so amazing. Even though today you probably will sin and I probably will sin, God actually sees us as perfectly righteous, not because of us. We're still going to screw up. He sees us as perfectly righteous because Jesus has already done it. Jesus has already taken our sin, past, present, and future, and we're now a new creation in Christ. And so that's something I want to just encourage you. And again, I don't know where you're at in your relation with God and in, in what you think the philosophy of your life is and how you ought to live, but is it about you and, and what you think you need to do to get closer to God? If that's it, man, you're already off track. If it's about, man, I'm just trusting in the good news that Jesus did something good, that Jesus died for me, and I'm just trusting in that. That is a solid foundation, and that's really the gospel. And in that gospel, there's an amazing life-transforming power. Because look at what Paul says back in Romans chapter 1, verse 16 again. He says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel, which is to proclaim good news. He's talking about the good news of Jesus. I'm not ashamed to proclaim that. He says, for it is the power of God. So the gospel... When the good news is proclaimed of Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection, conquering sin, conquering death, when that is proclaimed, he says, man, that is the power of God. The gospel is the power of God. He said in 1 Corinthians 1.18, the word of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. Also, 1 Corinthians 2, 4, he said, My message and preaching were not in persuasive words of wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power. So the gospel, again, the proclamation of the good news of Jesus, the gospel, it does not tell us about the power of God. It in and of itself is the power of God, which is amazing. When the gospel is proclaimed, the good news of what Jesus has already done, when that is proclaimed, God himself in full power shows up in our midst and moves powerfully in people's hearts and changes them. The proclamation of the gospel is the power of God. It changes people's lives, and that's why we're going to be a church centered around the gospel because we in and of ourselves have no ability to, ability to produce change. I can't change your heart. You can't change your heart. But when the gospel is proclaimed, the good news of Jesus has already done it all for you, the power of God shows up and it moves. And that's my prayer and my hope and my heart and my only desire for this church is that when people come in these doors on a Sunday morning and sit in a seat and, and hear the word opened, my prayer my heart, my hope is that people encounter and feel and experience in a personal way the power of God. That's what it's about. And the reality is that doesn't always feel nice. That doesn't always feel warm and always feel fuzzy. Like when you encounter the power of God, when God himself comes and the gospel is being proclaimed and you feel something in your heart, I'm just going to say it's not always a, a good feeling because the gospel, it, it changes us. It, when, when God is moving in our hearts and stirring deep things within us, sometimes there's, there's bad things that, that are being exposed that God's saying, man, I want to I change you. I want to do something deeper in you. And so it's not always like this, this oh, that was really nice. Like if, if that's all you get every Sunday, you come and you leave going, oh, I feel really good, then something's missing. 
And, 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 if, and maybe you've experienced this. If, if you go to a church and you sit in a church week after week after week, and every single week you just feel content, you just feel comfortable, you don't feel, you don't feel anything changing you and sanctifying you, then the power of the gospel, I'm just going to say, is not at work in that church. If you're in a church and the power of God isn't moving, the gospel isn't being proclaimed, if you can just go to church and just feel like, man, everything's just chill, that's not the power of God. The gospel, when it's proclaimed, like right in this very moment, we're talking about, man, it's the power of God. He moves in our hearts. He stirs in our hearts. And it's amazing when that happens. Here's some, here's some things of what that feels like and what that experience is like. The power of God through the gospel, it, it, will, it will challenge you. So there may be things in your life that you believe and, and the gospel comes and, and you're challenged. Huh, man, why have I always thought this way? And maybe that is true. Maybe what Jesus is saying is true. true. We're challenged. It changes you. Like, it changes the way we think. It changes the way we live. It changes our behavior. It makes you wrestle in your soul. Like, if, if you go to church and you just, like, agree perfectly with everything, like, that, that may not be a good spot to be. We should be challenged in our soul. We should be wrestling with, man, like, what is God trying to do? And sometimes, like, that's uncomfortable. Sometimes we're honestly, like, disturbed. Or, or sometimes we feel like, man, like, I'm upset about that. Like I'm upset by what the word of God is doing. Like my my flesh doesn't like that. Man, that's the power of God. That's the gospel breaking down the walls and the barriers that we've set up between us and God by by nature, by birth. Man, we have walls in our heart that are barriers. It's called sin between us and God. And when the gospel comes in power, it's the power of God, those walls start getting broken down. But that doesn't feel good all the time. I'm just going to say that. And so I want you to know that this is a place where we're going to come and we're going to proclaim the gospel. We believe it's the power of God. We believe people's lives are going to be changed and transformed. And I want you to know that wherever you are right now in regards to your relationship with God, whether you feel super close or whether you feel super distant, however you feel right now about this gospel, the gospel of Jesus Christ, I want you to know that this church is a safe place for you to wrestle with God. It's a safe place for you to be able to wrestle with those questions of the gospel. The things that it's doing in your heart, the things that are stirring in your soul, the things that are kind of disturbing you about the gospel, man, this is a place for that. This is a place where no matter whether you believe in God or believe the gospel or not, this is a great place for you to be, and you're going to be challenged, and you're going to feel a power in your heart when the gospel is proclaimed, and you're going to be like, man, what is that? And I want you to wrestle through that. I want, you to, I want you to think about that. I don't want you to ignore what God is doing and what the gospel is doing in your heart, because a lot of times, here's the reality, the gospel makes us sometimes uncomfortable. It's changing us. It's breaking down the walls of our heart. And a lot of times what we try and do is we try and ignore that. And we try and push it aside because we just go, oh, I just want to feel comfortable. I just want to feel good. I, I don't want to change. I want to just stay who I am. But, man, don't ignore that. When God is moving in your heart, when you feel the power of God through the proclamation of the gospel doing something in your heart, embrace that. Whether you believe it or not, whether you have questions, whether you have doubts, man, embrace that and, and allow the gospel, allow the power of God to come and do what it was created to do. Wrestle with that. 
that's completely okay. Like a lot of people think, man, you know, because I disagree with that, I can't be there. Or because I don't believe that, I don't fit in there. No, man. This is a beautiful place where everybody can come regardless of what they believe about the gospel or God and come and hear the gospel and, and you're going to wrestle with it. You're, you're going to be changed. You're going to feel something in your heart. That's the power of God. God is doing something in you. And the reason I want to encourage you guys to embrace that, embrace the power of God, embrace what he's doing in you. The reason I want you to embrace that, not run from it, not ignore it, is because the goal and the aim and the result of the gospel, when we, when we embrace it, the power of God, here's the goal. Here's the reason it brings discomfort. Here's what it's trying to do. Check out verse 16. He says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it's the power of God for salvation. Here's why you shouldn't ignore what the gospel is doing in your heart, the transformation, the things that God is doing in you. Don't ignore that because the end result and the goal of the gospel, the power of God being proclaimed through the good news of Jesus Christ, the goal of that is salvation which is man's greatest need. So the ultimate goal of the gospel is our greatest need. It's, it's salvation, which is amazing. And salvation is twofold. It's, it's being saved from multiple things. We're saved from sin. We're saved from death. We're saved from condemnation. We're saved from hell. But even more importantly, the emphasis of the gospels in being saved is that we're being saved to into a relationship with God. Because that's what sin did. Sin separated man from God in the Garden of Eden. And so the heart and the goal of salvation is reconciliation, which is the restoration of a relationship that was once previously broken. The heart of the gospel is God is actually trying to come and have a relationship with you again. That's his ultimate desire. His ultimate fulfillment is, man, a relationship with you, a relationship with me. But to get that, sometimes there's things in our heart that, that, that are keeping them out, and we're keeping them out. And the power of God, the gospel comes and breaks those down until one day we just surrender and say, God, I, I want that. So it's the heart of the gospel, the goal of the gospel, the, the amazing thing of the gospel is it's actually about what God has already done. It's Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection, and now through us receiving that, believing that, that it's already done, it's not about what I do, we actually enter into a personal relationship with God. And that is the craziest thing to think about, if you think about this. The God who created everything, the heavens and the earth, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. He made man in his own image. God's ultimate desire out of everything in creation is to have a personal relationship with you. Not just corporately, individually, you. And when I think about that, like that God actually knows me and wants a relationship with me and has accepted me based on what Jesus has already done, I don't know how you can't just be in awe and humbled by that. The, the psalmist wrote in Psalm 8 verse 4, what is man that you are mindful of him and the son of man that you take care of him? Like, have you ever thought about that? Like, he's God. Like, he, he probably has everything going on. He's, like, trying to uphold the world and, like, breathing galaxies and stuff. And then, like, at the same time, he's, like, thinking about you personally. He's, like, there you are in Medford working at a coffee shop. And, like, there you are in Ashland Instagramming pictures of the fall colors. And, like, he's thinking about you. Like, what? That's, that's crazy. 
Like, th- think about, like, if President Trump or whatever, like, was thinking about you. That'd be, like, crazy. But, like, this is God. It's like, this is way, this is a way bigger deal. Like, he's thinking about you. He wants a relationship with you. He cares about you, which is so amazing. H- who is that? Like, who is that God? And, and who is it that he cares about and wants a relationship with? Look at this. Again, verse 16. Paul says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. It's the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes. That's who the gospel's for. It's for you individually, but it's for everyone, man. That's the beauty of the gospel. It's for every single person, every individual from every ethnic background, every cultural background, people who have committed every single sin, people who have worshipped every single false god, people who have tried to fill their heart with everything the world has to offer, that's who it's for. That's who God wants a relationship with. Not these perfect people, that's not even a real thing. Man, everybody, the most messed up people, which is you and which is me, like when, we, when we're honest with ourselves, God wants a relationship with everybody. And that's the heart of the gospel, which is so amazing. It's for everyone who believes. And the only question left to ask for us is, man, if God wants that for everyone, if the gospel is for everyone, if Jesus died for everyone, the only question is, do you believe that? The only question is, will you receive that? The only question is, do you believe that what Jesus did 2,000 years ago, this is the gospel, a man by the name of Jesus 2,000 years ago came to this earth, lived a sinless life, died a sinner's death, he died for our sins, was buried, and three days later, Jesus broke an unbroken string that reigned through all human history. It was called death. Every single human ever born died. Jesus came and he conquered that. The string of death, the pattern of death was broken. He conquered the grave, conquered death, saying, man, that's not going to have the final say anymore. Death is not going to have the final say in your life and my life. Jesus said, I want to give you another ending. I want to give you a better ending of your story, something better, a personal relationship with me, an eternal relationship with the eternal God who created you. That is the beauty of the gospel. That's the power of the gospel. It's what he's done. It's all finished, and all we do is say, man, I believe that. The gospel is for everyone who believes Jesus himself is willing to share his victory, conquering death, conquering the grave, conquering our sin. He's willing to share that with every single person who believes the gospel, and that is good news. Amen? That is the only good news. That's what we're going to be about as a church. We're going to be about that. We're going to be about the good news of what Jesus has done on behalf of us, and we're going to embrace that, and we're going to preach that, and when we do that, we're going to see lives change. And there's people sitting here right now whose lives are being changed. There's people sitting here right now who are feeling and experiencing and embracing the gospel and even being challenged by it, and I'm saying, man, welcome that. We welcome that. And, and if you're not at the place right now where you're ready to fully embrace that, that's okay. You're, we, we love you. You're accepted here. You're welcome here. I want you to continue to come, and I want you to continue to be challenged, and I want you to go home and wrestle with the things that God is doing in your heart because if you continue to allow that, the power of God is going to come into your life, and it's going to change you. It's the gospel. It's the good news. It's what Jesus has done, and it's a finished work. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Jesus.